0: Welcome to the Riverside Church Podcast. We hope today's
1: message encourages you and strengthens your walk with God. Enjoy the message.
2: Grab your Bibles. Let's get into the Word of God. Let's just invest ourselves in this moment. Let God work and let God do what He wants to do today in your life. Our prayer is that you leave here stronger, better, and wiser than what you came. That should be the motive of every Christian. To become more like Jesus is really the goal. To become more more like Him. So I'm very excited to share the word with you. Very excited to share it with you that are watching online. If you started watching online, share it right now. Share it with a friend. I'm sure it's going to bless somebody. But we're going to be reading from Jeremiah chapter 29, verse 11 and 13. Jeremiah 29, 11 and 13. This is probably the scripture that you sent to someone at one time in your life. Or you gave it to someone when it was on a card for their graduation or any kind of celebration jeremiah 29 and 11 and through 13 states that god has a future for us during this season there have been a lot of questions about what is the future of america what's it going to look like uh, further down because we're in the beta testing mode right now if you will uh, we'll find out soon how much more they're going to give us as far as uh, more freedom in the sense of what we can do, who's opening up. But I'm thankful that this thus far that we've been given the privilege to worship and to worship God freely and that it's not a crime. So we thank God for that in Victoria. We thank God for our officials and all of those that are supporting the house of worship. So thank you so much for the privilege. It is a privilege to come to God's house, isn't it? It is a privilege. Everybody say amen. It is. It is. We're going to talk about God's plan for your future. By looking at Jeremiah 29 and 11, it says, God said, For I know the thoughts that I think toward you, saith the Lord, thoughts of peace, not of evil, to give you a future and a hope. Now, that word thought in this portion right here, has a translation that originally really means um, thoughts means plan and purpose so God says I know the plan and purpose I have for you then you will call upon me and go and pray to me and I will listen to you you will seek me and find me when you search with me search for me with all your heart and that's what it says with all of your heart God will be found I want to expound on this scripture and we're going to just ask God to bless it so just like any good meal could you ask God to bless this bread today you pray now you ask God to bless it Father we receive it today God bless this today bless this word anoint it let it leave lips of clay God Let it hit hearts that are hungry in Jesus' name. Amen. Give the Lord a hand clap wherever you're at. Give God some love. And you can be seated and you can give your attention to this. This scripture is really based on the condition of Israel that they were in while in exile. So we take this scripture and we give it to people and encourage other people, sometimes not knowing what the actual context of what it came out of, and what, what was the life of Israel during that time. If you'll read Jeremiah chapter 28, the chapter before this, it's actually a word that God gave to Jeremiah the prophet, who was called the weeping prophet, who had a burden for Israel. And Israel was in, also half of the Israel was in Babylon, under the leadership of Nebuchadnezzar, a pagan king. And they desired to have their family back with them, for those that were in exile. And while they were in exile, the prophet Jeremiah received a word from God to give to the family or give to the king of Judah and those that were there present and other prophets. And that word was this. That it was God's will, if you read it very closely, it was God's will for Israel to stay under the leadership and the kingship of Nebuchadnezzar for this season. In fact, in fact, God told the prophet, he said, to show this and explain this, I want you to make a yoke for yourself out of iron and the wood. How many of you have seen that wood across the oxen back When farmers used to link them and yoke them together, and there was a harness that wrapped around the neck, and it was like bolts that were there that kept it on them. He said, I want you to make one just for you, and I want you to walk in the presence of my people, and I want you to tell them, this is what thus saith the Lord. This is what the plan is for them. I know it sounds like a contradiction. I know it sounds like it wouldn't be from God, but God said, if you'll just be obedient and make the best Of what you've got right now. Then I will bless you. And I will bring you out in my time. He gave the message to Israel. And gave it to the king of Judah. And then there was another prophet who came and spoke up. And said the opposite. His name was Hananiah. Hananiah comes in and says. Well I'm hearing something different. And he started to speak. And he said. Thus saith the Lord. And you just, you talk about an awkward moment. I mean, two prophets coming, saying that God is speaking, and Hananiah speaks contrary to Jeremiah, and Hananiah says, within two years, God is going to break right now the yoke off of Israel and take them out from Nebuchadnezzar and bring them back home within two years. Well, that's not what God told Jeremiah. If you read this in the 29th chapter, you'll find out that Jeremiah heard that, and he even said, amen. Sounds like a great, sounds like good news, That's because really that's what everybody wanted to hear, right? Let's bring them out of captivity. I want my family to come back home, our relatives, those that are there, because it wouldn't be God's will for us to go through anything like this, or our families to go through something like this. That couldn't be God's will. Have you ever said that to yourself or to other people? And Jeremiah didn't say anything except amen, and that would be great, really. But Jeremiah left. And before he left, Hananiah took the yoke that was on his neck, and he broke it in half and broke that yoke as an example that God was going to release Israel now within two years. So Jeremiah left, and when he left, he came back. He sought God. He, I mean, think about this. You deliver a word of encouragement, or direction and instruction, and then somebody else steps up. That would be like me preaching and speaking to you all, and then somebody comes right after me and says, Hey, that's not true. What he said is a lie. This is how God's going to do it, and this is what you should do. That's, somebody say awkward. It's awkward. But Jeremiah came back, and he said again, Thus saith the Lord. And looked at Hananiah and said, what you said wasn't from God, and God did not send you. He said, the Lord said that he will cause Israel to prosper where they're at. That they should serve and live under the king, Nebuchadnezzar, for a season in their life and that they should embrace the area that they're in and learn to pray for the city and learn to embrace their inhabitant because God wants to prove that he can bless his people wherever they are at despite the present circumstances. That's what God wanted to do. In fact, he looked at Hananiah and he said, and because you spoke a lie to God's people, your life will end very shortly, and it did. That's what, that was validation for the word that Jeremiah had, and it was strong. But when you look at this, even you and I could almost agree and say, you know, that sounds like a better word. You know, not everything that looks good and is, you know, pleasing is always the path that God chooses for us. A lot of times when you and I look at things, we would, by human nature, default to the easy way, the, the, the easier path. Uh, The the road less traveled isn't chosen by many people, but God has a purpose for every single one of us. And I think that in this season, we can begin to question and ask, what is God's will? What are we supposed to do in this season? And what can happen? Well, I'm going to give you this little bit of instruction that God gave to Jeremiah, and we're going to use it for blueprints today to give us direction in our life. We're going to see what God would have us to do in this season. Because that word still applies to you and I, and I'll show you how. If you have been a recipient of the forgiveness and the grace and the mercy and the blood of Jesus Christ, then you now fall into the lineage of every Israelite that was in the Old Testament, passed down by faith, by the faithful Abraham, by faithful Abraham himself. For if you are a child of faith and you are a child of Abraham, and if you believed in God through the faith that Abraham had, like he did in God, and you receive Jesus Christ into your life, then you have the seed of Abraham inside of you, and every promise that was meant for all of Israel in the Old Testament, even the New, is now yours as well. Because he took Israel and he took the Gentile nation and made two nations, and the two became one. So you are a recipient of every promise and everything that God did. If he did it in the Old Testament, I really do believe that God can bring deliverance and strengthen our people today and God can help you. If Jesus healed in in the New Testament, then I really do believe that he is the same yesterday, today, and forever. How many of you believe that? Someone just repeat after me. If the Bible gives me a promise, then I'm going to believe it despite what others say. You have to believe it. I said all that to say this. There are things that God did in the Bible that we can look at and analyze to apply in our own life. That Bible, the Bible that you and I have is a book of privilege. It's a love letter. It's a compass for every pilgrim. It is direction for anyone looking for direction that's lost. It is everything that points us directly to the heart and the mind of God. I know when I first got saved, the very first journey I went on and figured would be the best one to go on would be finding out what the mind of God is. I want to think what he thinks. I want to think like him. I want him to show me his ways. I want him not just to see his acts in my life. I don't want to just see him bless me. I want to experience the blesser, right? I want to understand how this works. And so number one, the first thing that God told Israel was this. He said, I know you don't like it, but you're going to have to serve the king. Number one, serve the king. Take on his yoke, in other words. That was going to be hard to do. Because Nebuchadnezzar was a pagan worshiper. Nebuchadnezzar was a pagan believer. He didn't have the faith that they had. But God told Israel, listen, I don't care what you think about him. I've asked you to be obedient. I asked you to serve me under him. You don't have to do what he does. You can still serve me, but embrace the yoke. Be obedient. Be good servants. It's hard for us to comprehend that in our life because we live in a democracy and the kingdom structure and kingdom infrastructure within itself, the government, is comprised of the king. And those that are underneath him are subject to him. And the democracy that we live in, we have to vote our officials into office. And so it's hard for us to comprehend because if we don't like someone, we just vote them out. So I wish I was prolific as some preachers to explain what I'm about to tell you, but I'm just going to have to shoot it to you straight and tell you. During this pandemic, there have been so many people that have had disagreements. There have been so many people that have had offenses because, well, let's go to the simple thing. Some wear masks and others don't. Some people have gloves, other people don't. Some blame the president, others think he's doing a great job. Our country's been divided, but can I encourage you As believers, before you are American citizens, as far as the Bible's concerned, you are citizens of God's kingdom under the blood of Jesus Christ. And the church should never be divided by politics. And I seldom talk about this, but it's so relevant for us and someone has to voice it. Now is the season for us, regardless of who is in office, to serve and to pray. and the years that i've been able to vote i have not always gotten my vote as far as i'm concerned there's been since i've been alive a lot of presidents i didn't completely agree with but since i've been a christian there hasn't been one i haven't prayed for there hasn't been one i haven't took time to pray for and to ask Because what I feel like God is trying to say is, is that no matter who you're under or where you're at, I still have the last say so. And your vote makes a difference, but your prayers can make a bigger one. So I'm going to tell you, and I have to tell this church this, that our first responsibility is to cover those who are in authority. And pray for me, whether you like me or not. If you don't like our messages online, give it to someone that you don't like. (laughs) Share it with them. It may bless them. But my relationship with God is not determined whether or not you like me or not. I have a responsibility to carry out, along with every other leader and official. In government, from our local to the high office at the White House, everyone has a responsibility and will answer to God for their actions and what we do. But there's one thing for sure. If we follow God and follow his commandments and love him with all of our heart, all of our mind, all of our strength, and all of our spirit, then God said he would bless us and he would help us. But to serve and to pray for those in authority, there's a blessing with that. Listen to what Timothy was written. uh, Paul wrote to Timothy, and he was under Caesar because Rome was another Babylonian-type figure, a government that was in the world. They were pagan worshipers as well. But while they were under Rome, listen to what Timothy was told 1 Timothy 2 and 1 says this. Paul writes and says to Timothy, Therefore, I exhort first of all that supplications, prayers, and intercessions, and giving of thanks be made for what? All men. Just a few that we like are all the ones even that don't like us. Or you don't like it's not God gives instruction, he can care less who we like or dislike. When God gives direction, he's given it to you for your own good. So you can be a blessing and you can be blessed. So he says to Timothy that all of this giving thanks and so forth will be made towards and for all men, for kings, for all who are in authority. That we may lead a quiet and peaceable life in all godliness and reverence, for this is good and acceptable in the sight of God our Savior, who desires all men to be saved and to come to the knowledge of the proof, of the truth. And I do believe it is God's will for everyone to be saved, but you and I are the actual channels and the way, gateways into this world to release the hand of God, to see God move. So he's trying to tell Israel, even Paul writes it to Timothy, listen, you may not agree with what's happening in your region and in your government, but you ain't going to get any place talking about it, bad-mouthing it, or putting bad Facebook posts about it. I ain't, I ain't checking your feed, by the way. But I'm just saying, all you're doing is hurting yourself and you're not going to get better. You're going to get worse and get bitter. But what you really need to do, Timothy, is understand that if you'll get a heart for the leadership and pray for them that I can move in their life and I can alter decisions that are fixing to be made. And if you don't like your city, don't kick the city and throw dust in people's face. Just learn to pray for where you're at. Pray for your city. Pray for those around you because that's where the difference can be made. It's pleasing for for us to pray to God and ask God to move. And that's point number two. Not only did he say, serve the king and be obedient to that. Listen, leave it up to God, folks. Let's leave it up to God. He's going to work things out. Pray, pray like it depends on you and God. I think the, think the, the saying goes something like this. Pray like it depends on God and work like it depends on you. Is that the right saying? Well, you know what I mean. Without prayer, nothing changes. Turn to somebody and tell them, you have to become the change you want to see in your life. You have to become the change you want to see in your life. Influence. That's where it's all taking place, in your life. Number two, point number two is he told Israel Out of Jeremiah 29, he said, pray for the city and the region. Oh, I don't like where I'm at. I want to move. There's no money here. I'm going to show you something in just a moment that's going to alter that way of thinking. He told Israel, listen to this, Jeremiah 29, verse 4. Jeremiah 29, verse 4. Listen to this. Thus saith the Lord of hosts, the God of Israel, to all who are carried away into captivity, whom I have caused to be carried away from Jerusalem to Babylon. What? God caused it to happen. I'm reading out of the New King James. Verse 5 says, build houses, dwell in them. Build houses right where you're at. In other words, I have a future for you. I have a plan. But just because things seem to be going wrong or you're unhappy, don't stop living. In fact, now is the time to live. Build houses, plant gardens, eat their fruit, take wives, beget sons and daughters. Take wives for your sons and for your daughters, and and daughters uh, take husbands for them as well, for that they may bear sons and daughters, that you may increase there and not diminish. In other words, no matter where you're at, it is always God's will to bless you. And to prosper you, no matter where you're at right now in your life, it doesn't matter the circumstances, because if God's going to bless you and wants to bless you, I guarantee you there is no pandemic, there is no outcast, there is no problem, there is no situation that can really come between you and the purpose of God if you are obedient and follow him. Then he said in verse 7, and seek the peace of the city where I have caused you to be carried away captive and pray to the Lord for it, for in its peace you will have peace. Pray for the city. Pray for the city. Have a heart for the city. I wonder what would happen Every single one of us watching online and those that are here today would just begin to focus and have a heart for our city, what God could do in Victoria and through this church and through every church in the region. I wonder what would happen to the economy in our region. I wonder what God could create in this region and how many companies he would put, he he could send our way and cause growth to it just expound and just break out in this region. How many of you saw the post on Facebook one time? I saw it. I know most of you did because you came up to me and mentioned it to me. That Victoria was considered the number one boring, the most boring town in the nation. How many of you saw that? Raise your hand. Have you seen that? There's an actual survey that was done. Victoria, Texas, the most boring town in the nation thought it was just going to say texas they said the nation city wow but then i saw another post from a news agency that said victoria texas was the top giving city in the nation towards nonprofit organizations that's right It may be boring, but we learn how to pray for our city, and God can bless us here. Come on, somebody. God can bless you right where you're at. Never complain about there not being any way to make a living or do something. As long as God is on your side, he'll make a way for you. He'll bless your hands, the work of your hands. He'll make you known in a smaller town. He'll bless your business like you were in a bigger city i'm telling you god can do it but you have to follow the instruction the wisdom of god says hey don't knock those that are in leadership don't knock the city officials don't hold a grudge against the president. Don't get upset because they don't have your same values or same ways. Pray for them. Serve under them. Be obedient under them. And secondly, pray for your city and speak a blessing over it because I want to bless you right where you're at. I'm giving you keys today that God gave to Jeremiah to give to Israel when they were in captivity in Babylon under Nebuchadnezzar, a pagan god who wanted to see them destroyed, I'm sure, at one point. But then God said, listen, no matter what, that's where I'm going to bless you. I want to prove to you that I can bless you despite the atmosphere and the temperature of the region. I can step in and make everything different. If you believe that, give God some praise right now. Come on. Right where you're at, just lift your hands and tell him, Lord, you're able. Lord Jesus, you are able. You're able to do it. You just need somebody to agree with you. If you and your household can just believe and pray and speak it and release it and be in agreement with God, there are no limitations. Are you without a job right now? Can I tell you, start speaking it into existence according to God's word. He said you would be the head and not the tail, above and not beneath, blessed in the city and blessed outside the city. He said you're going in and you're coming out. Would be blessed. God gave a promise and promises for every single one of us to follow. And when He is on your side, nothing and no one can come against you. Repeat this after me. If God be for us, who can be against us? Do you believe that? I believe that. I believe that. So I'm fixing to close with this. Come on, Haley, I'm fixing to close with this. The word of encouragement to to Israel was this. Don't wait for me. I'm actually waiting for you. What is it you desire to see? What is it in your life you want? I'm going to play a video real quick in just a moment. Can I ask you all a question? What is it you want to see in Victoria, in your family, in your church? Do you believe that if you serve God with all your heart and stay focused on Him and pray for those in authority that God can shift things and God can even use you and God can bless and God can move. I tell all of our business people, if if God's not moving in your business, it's because you stop moving in prayer. You have to pray. God cares about everything you care about. It's prayer. I'm so glad we're starting prayer in the morning again, Tuesday through Friday. I'm telling you, every opportunity you have since you've been locked away, and quarantined, I would make it to God's house any chance I can get and never take it for granted again because there's nothing like the corporate anointing. There's nothing like coming together in God's presence and feeling him. I'm going to play a video for you. I decided to do this. I played it like seven years ago or five years ago or so. I can't remember how long ago it was. But it was a, a town in Guatemala. Almalanga, Almalanga is what the name of the town was. This town was infested with drug dealers, cartels, alcoholism. They had five gels in that little town. They weren't the prime location either for growing a harvest and making income. But I want to show you what God did.
1: Watch this.
0: Almolonga was an extremely poor village.
1: This was a community in total poverty and alcohol addiction. Violence, ignorance, witchcraft, the occult, idol worshiping. Just 20 years ago, Almalonga was a dark and dangerous place. Suffered from poverty violence,
0: ignorance, and besides that, alcohol was the main problem. If you would go to Almolonga 20 years ago in the morning, 7 a.m., and walk the streets of Almolonga, you would have encountered many, many men just lying on the street because they were totally drunk.
1: We had many jails because there were so many problems. Chief of Police Donato Santiago recalls that people were always fighting, Officials built four jails but even they couldn't contain the problem. Overflow prisoners were routinely bused to a nearby city. Domestic violence was especially pronounced. During these dark days the gospel did not fare well. Outside evangelists were commonly chased away with sticks or rocks while small local house churches were also stoned. Evangelical Christians were a despised minority. On one occasion six men shoved a gun barrel down Mariano's throat. As they began to pull the trigger, he silently petitioned the Lord for protection. When the hammer fell, nothing happened. Delivered from death, Pastor Riscaje called his small flock into prayer. It was time to break the stranglehold of violence, superstition, and poverty. As the intercessors lifted their petitions heavenward, They were filled with a supernatural faith. We told the Lord,
0: it is not possible that we could be so insignificant when your word says we are heads and not tails. We kept fasting three or four days a week, and every Saturday we held a prayer vigil. And that was what I think opened the door. People started to be delivered, men started to be saved and come to church. It was a tremendous, tremendous blessing. A revival, I would call it. And then after uh, many signs and wonders started taking place and, and uh, a lot of mass deliverances from demonic oppression, um, churches started growing.
2: Is it true today That when people pray Cloudless skies will break Kings and queens will shine
1: 1994 the last of Almolonga's four jails closed the remodeled building is now called the Hall of Honor for Police Chief Santiago these are the good times you don't have any jails in town now because you don't need them sí. porque, porque no
2: las no,
1: ahora.
0: no porque no, hay gente que
2: trouble. no, not like before.
1: Even the town's agricultural base has come to life. For years, crop yields around Almalonga suffered from a combination of arid land and poor work habits. But as the people have turned to God, they have seen a remarkable transformation of their land
0: and Almolonga became a fertile valley. It is so fertile, the, the land is so, so good. They produce the best vegetables. They get as many as three harvests per year. They sell their vegetables to Guatemala, south of Mexico, and El Salvador.
1: Before the spiritual turnaround, growers were exporting four truckloads of produce a month. Now, they leave town 40 times a week Nicknamed America's Vegetable Garden, Al Malonga's produce is of biblical proportions.
0: You have to see him to believe. A beet is four and a half pounds. A carrot is this size. It is. It is just unbelievable.
1: That gets <laughs> than it's go. <laughs>
0: God and is the gospel powerful enough to truly impact our community.
2: Hold your arm out like that. That's. The sides of that carrot now it wasn't like that but look what God can do I wanted to show you that because there are people who take God's word for what it says and follow the principles that are in there and if God can do it for them he can do it for you whatever it might be vegetation may not be our answer but economics whatever it might be there are some of you that have been called to start businesses and do your own business. There are some of you that have been called to lead corporations and other businesses for people, to be influencers. There are some of you that are here that are meant to help us build this church financially as well. There are some of you here that have ministry inside of you, the gifts of the Spirit, the fruits of the Spirit for everyone and the gifts as well. But there are some that were here that meant have gifts and talents and abilities that God wants to use. Don't allow any pandemic allow in a report, don't allow in all all the negativity that's out there, get away from the noise and get back in the word of God in this season. Get back into prayer and let's get lined up with God and make the best with what we've got right now and see God do something miraculous in your life. How many of you would agree with me right now? Let's stand to our feet. Let's pray together. We're going to pray a blessing over you. God to release that anointing in our life right now. No matter where you're at, no matter how you feel, no matter what you've been going through, we're going to pray right now. If you'll lift up your hands with your heart, we're going to ask God to let that anointing come upon you. Father, in the name of Jesus, we thank you for directing and ordering our steps. Today we pray for your blessings to fall upon every one of your people. Let us have eyes to see with a different perspective. Father. Don't let us look at our present circumstance and become bitter and just begin to complain. But let our mouth bring forth praise. Let our words come bring forth faith. Let our attitudes just bring forth a godliness, God, a godlikeness. We pray that in this season that we would begin to just call for the things of God, the word of God, and begin to believe you for the very best that you have to offer. Right now, in the name of Jesus, for those that are watching online, for those that are listening right now on podcast, for those that are here in the service, we pray right now, release your anointing and spirit upon your people. Let them rise up to this season. Let them become champions. Let them become overcomers. Let them become the light of the world for those that are in darkness. And we're going to give you all the praise and the glory in Jesus' name we pray. And all God's people, lift up your voice and give Him a shout of thanksgiving in this place. Come on, everybody. Thank you, Jesus. Let's sing one more time. Thank you for listening to today's message. If you liked what you heard, be sure to subscribe
0: and share it with a friend.